What an exciting time to be alive. Today is just like the last inning of a ball game, and the score is all tied up. Or perhaps it's like the last few seconds of a football game. It's the final match in the Rose Bowl. Third down, two yards, and goal. But wait, it looks like a fumble. Who will recover? The stakes are high. A trophy soon to be forgotten. Ten years grudge to be settled. $10,000 extra to each player who wins. Forget it. That's peanuts. What I'm talking about this morning is for real. You can feel the excitement permeating the air. The heart is pounding. The tension is agonizing. Every nerve and muscle is stretched to the limit. The moment of climax has arrived. And it's a life and death issue. And you are the participant. From the bleachers, every eye of the universe is upon you. This is for keeps. There's no second chance. You can't escape. It's a win or a lose situation. Your coach signals your final play. Do you have faith to believe that what he tells you to do will put you on the winning side? Some of your buddies claim to have a better idea. And now, it's all up to you. What's the basis for my painting such a picture? Simply this, all the necessary predicted ingredients are now developing before our very eyes in this end time. Behold, God says, I come quickly. The last movements will be rapid ones. God has spoken to us in Matthew 24. If any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, do not go forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, Believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And with this startling admonition comes from Paul under inspiration in 2 Corinthians 11, 14, and 15, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. 
Will you stand the final test of faith? Do you know what it is to face a mob? I have never forgotten some of the mobs that I have faced in my travels in the General Conference. I was traveling uh, with our youth leader in San Diego, Chile. The whole city was in uproar. We hadn't had anything to eat, and we were looking around to see if there was some possible place that we could get something. As we were going up the street, suddenly we became aware that from the noise that a mob was coming up to our rear around the corner. And of course, the first thing we did, we began to search for some place that we could get out of the way. And then we saw the government with their water tanks coming in the opposite direction and we were caught in the middle. Fortunately, I believe the Lord had led someone to leave a door unlocked. As we tried one door after another, furiously, we found one that was open. We knew not where it would go, but we saw it led up to a stairs. We ran up and we looked out the window and I shall never forget what we saw just below. You have no idea what a water cannon can do. It can knock you off your feet. It can roll you like a mighty log down the road with scores of other people just rolling over and over, breaking their arms and legs. And I remember seeing this, and I remember the gas from the guns that were shot my eyes filled with tears. I'm scared to death of mobs. You never know what will happen. Persecutions. The time will soon be when you cannot buy, nor neither can you sell. Those of you that have children, you will find that they will be hungry. Wicked judges who are accustomed to receiving bribes, you will find your place before them and you have nothing to offer. And you will find that apostate Adventists are there witnessing against you and you are buckling up to the labor unions and you are charged with treason by your church and by your state. And you are surrounded with fantastic miracles that you can't explain. Everything logical is proving you absolutely wrong. And then comes that climatic moment. You come face to face with the devil himself. Or are you sure that it isn't Christ? I read he will bear the appearance of Christ in every particular. Volume 5, 696. Even the marks in his hand, the scars in his forehead, the nail prints in his feet. He will work miracles and mar miracles in our sight. Messages to young people, 698. He will work marvels. 
disguised as an angel of light, he will walk the earth as a wonder worker. In beautiful language, he will present lofty sentiments. Christ will be personified. So well will he counterfeit righteousness that if it were possible, he would deceive the very elect. Fundamentals of Christian Education, 474. And then comes the crowning act. Satan himself will personate Christ. I'm reading this from Great Controversy 624. In different parts of the earth, could be here someday in Canyonville. Satan will manifest himself among men as a majestic being of dazzling brightness, resembling the description of the Son of God given by John the Revelator. Have you ever read that? That beautiful, fantastic, marvelous glory The glory that's around him is unsurpassed by anything that mortal eyes have ever beheld. The shouts of triumph ring out upon the air. Christ has come. The people prostrate themselves in adoration before him while he lifts his hand and pronounces a blessing upon them as Christ blessed his disciples when he was here on earth. His voice is soft and subdued, full of melody. In gentle, compassionate tones, he presents some of the same gracious, heavenly truths which the Savior uttered. Can you see him here in Canyonville saying, Blessed are the poor, for they shall inherit the earth. Come unto me, all ye that labor and I will give you rest. I am the resurrection and the life. With all the glory you have never seen before, with the angels of his around him, he heals the diseases of the people, the sick, the lame, the crippled, the blind. It's beyond your expectations. then I believe you will fully understand what you read this morning as our brother was reading the scripture. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against, against flesh and blood, but against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if he is ministers. All those who have turned from God's word have taken the traditions these men, it says, will be transformed into ministers of righteousness. Everything that you would believe to be holy and to righteous, these false preachers will be presenting themselves as ministers of God, but they are the ministers of Satan.
And now comes that overmastering delusion as Satan surrounds himself with these ministers of righteousness. I'm quoting, in his assumed character of Christ, he claims to have changed the Sabbath to Sunday and commands all to hallow the day he has blessed. He declares that those who persist in keeping holy the seventh day are blaspheming his name by refusing to listen to his angels whom he has sent with light and truth. It's not just the devil, it's all of his angels you are going to face. So great will be this deception that we read the church may appear to fall. But it does not fall, thank God. But the sinners in Zion will be sifted out, the chaff separated from the precious wheat. It's a terrible ordeal, but nevertheless it must take place. Bible Commentary 7, page 911. I want to ask you a question this morning. How can it be that Seventh-day Adventists will leave this truth by the millions? Did I say millions? It sure says that church will appear to fall. And in other places it says more than half. And we are now over seven million. Yes, millions will leave us. Will you? How can it be? Adventists leaving this wonderful message which God has laid out for us in the spirit of prophecy and in the word of God. Of all people in this world, we know what's coming. We know the truth. How in the world can they be deceived? I ask you, how was Adam and Eve deceived? Did not the Lord God himself come down and tell them about Lucifer? Oh, yes, he did. Did he not warn them? Did he not send his angels and clearly describe the dangers? Listen, you too have been warned. You have the word of God and you have the spirit of prophecy that tells us exactly what is coming. And yet millions will be deceived. Why? Because he uses the same deceptive power that he used with Adam and Eve. The method of spiritualism. He captured them by curiosity. They became bewildered. They were hypnotized. They were confused to the place where they believed a lie. And Satan is preparing Seventh-day Adventists today with the same approach. Now don't turn me off this morning because I'm going to shock you a bit. I want to prove a few things to you. Take the example of the Living Bible. 
I don't know any of you here what you use, so I'm not speaking about anybody in this church. I don't know if any of you have it or not. But I know of pastors within this church that preach it from the pulpit. And I know of people that will never read anything because, well, it just makes it simple and easy to understand. But did you know that the Living Bible is not a translation of God's Word? That it is a paraphrase by a man who cunningly is implanting false doctrines therein? Let me tell you, I'm used one example, Genesis 6, verse 4. Have you ever read it in your Living Bible? Listen to what it says, that the devil came down to this world and had sexual intercourse with human women, and thereby giants were produced. And that's a lie. Let me read it to you exactly. I'm quoting from it. In those days and even afterwards, when the evil beings from the spirit world were sexually involved with human women, and their children became giants of whom so many legends are told. Are you studying every day a book that has that kind of false doctrines in it? You're going to be fooled when Christ comes. Believe me. We have youth today within our church and others who are crying out, don't talk to me about prophecies. Don't talk about the law. That's legalistic. All we want to hear about is Jesus and his love. Don't talk about the law. That is the character of my God, and I love to talk about my God. Do you know what's happening? In my last church where I was pastoring in Los, Los Angeles area, Dean and I, when we had the health, were ones who liked to visit. In one year's time, we visited 175 different homes, the families of our members. Time after time, we would come up to the door and we would hear the television. And when we went in, they would finally turn it off. And what were they looking at? Jim Baker who was a homosexual and a swindler. We would go to another door and knock, and there they were listening to Swaggered, who was visiting a prostitute. And we'd go to another, and they were listening to Oral Roberts, who's dabbling in spiritualism. If you are filling your minds with these things from these men in the world today, you are going to be captured when the devil arrives at the end time. You know, there are thousands and thousands within our church today that know nothing about the 2300 days. Oh, they think it's an old prophecy. It doesn't make any difference. But I want to tell you it will. 
We have thousands within our church that cannot explain Daniel 7 if their life depended upon it. We have thousands in our church today that say the three angels' messages are some outmoded theories. Just preach to us. We have thousands within this church in North America that have no idea what it means his deadly wound is healed. They think that our church is no different than any other church on the face of this planet. I want you to consider with me for a few moments the rapture theory that is capturing the world today. Where did the rapture theory come from anyway? You remember in the days of the Reformation, the Protestants began to read their Bibles. And suddenly they discovered that the papacy, that church that was ruling the world, was the Antichrist. And as they studied it, they began to teach it, and Rome began to crumble. And what did the Pope do? He called two of his Jesuits, one by the name of Alcarzar, and he said, now look, I want you to do something. I want you to develop a pre-Torist theory in which all prophecies of the Bible were fulfilled before Jerusalem of old was destroyed. So it's all in the past. Anything you read in the Bible is all finished, so you don't have to worry about the Pope being the Antichrist. And then he took another Jesuit by the name of Rabira, and he said, I want you to develop a futuristic theory, which is also called the gap theory, that all prophecy is finished after Calvary until after Jesus Christ comes. And so if you read anything about the Antichrist, that's after the second coming. So don't worry about it today. And these men went out and through Europe and began to teach and hold their meetings and so forth. And of course, El Carzo had a different hard time saying that all prophecy had finally been fulfilled and it was washed out. But this man, Ribera, somehow what he taught caught on in Europe and especially in Britain. And the British theologians accepted it lock, stock, and barrel, and out of it came the theory that is taught today in almost every church in the world called the rapture theory. It teaches that there is a spiritual church composed of individuals today who are like the Jesus people. They're ready, ready to go home with Christ. And there is a carnal Christian church composed of individuals who are not committed to Christ yet, but they want to be. And so Christ is going to come secretly for this first group of people and take them to heaven. He's going to rapture them out. And then three and a half years later, he is going to come and set up a temporal kingdom in Jerusalem. I'm talking about Jerusalem in Palestine. And everyone then will have a second chance to be saved. And you know what they're basing it on? 
they are basing it on the 2300 day prophecy which many of you don't know and have never cared to understand they talk about the 70 weeks of course they're mixing up the first coming and the second coming and the third coming but I want to tell you you better know these things A world movement is developing today and I found it again when I was holding my evangelistic meetings with your pastor in Myrtle Creek. I went to a number of homes who came and I found that they were having groups from the Baptists and the Methodists and the Episcopalians. They were studying about the Antichrist. They were studying about the false prophet. They were studying the 666. They were studying Armageddon and the millennium and the between 2300 days. Oh, they were all mixed up. I want to tell you, if we're going to go through to the end, we better know these things. You see, the rapture teaching teaches us that the people will vanish. Millions will be pulled up out of their graves in this rapture. Hundreds of planes will crash because the pilot is taken out of the controls. Hospital maternity wards will be empty and the mothers will be all around crying because their babies are no longer here on this earth. They were taken to heaven. And finally, the king speaking of Christ, will appear in the eastern gate of Jerusalem in Palestine and everybody will have a second chance. How will it take place? First, Israel must build a nation and they say, look, see what's happening in Europe, in, in Palestine today? And then they say the Jews are going to return from all over the world to Palestine. They say, see? And they are going to rebuild Jerusalem and I have not forgotten looking in a newspaper not so long ago and seeing the plans to build, rebuild the temple. And then they say that there will be a war with Russia and the Arabs against the Israelites. I don't know what they do now about the fact that Russia is no longer a great nation. And then they teach that China is going to come over and have war and a new European confederacy that is being developed today in the countries of Europe will have a dictator and suddenly the rapture will take place. Now how could Seventh-day Adventists ever believe such trash? You see, what really has happened is that these people have overlooked in the Bible that everything that God said about Israel was on a condition. All his promises are conditional. But I want to tell you that the rapture theory has been preached from Adventist pulpits. It has been published on Adventist publishing presses. It has been presented by Adventist youth witness teams from coast to coast. It has been on sale in Adventist bookstores, 
so popular that I went in one time, I wanted to get a copy. They were completely sold out. Oh, you say you don't believe what I'm saying? Did you ever hear of the song, The King is Coming? You know, I have been in churches, and I wouldn't doubt, and I'm not condemning anybody here, please. But I have been in churches like this when that song has been sung, and I have heard hundreds of amens. You know, when you say amen, you believe in it. I have talked with pastors who have said, oh, I know the theology is wrong, but the music is so beautiful, it just does something to me. One minister says, and I'm quoting, I know that the theology is wrong, but it's the most beautiful music I've ever listened to. I just sit spellbound and listen to it. And it is a beautiful song. You know, Satan knows beautiful music. He was once in heaven. To sit and listen to a the old programs were using it. And I spoke out against it. And I had one of the highest leaders of our world field, field come and really give me the works. And I looked him right back and I said, don't you know your Bible? Don't you know and understand what is happening? I said, I have been to hear Hal Lindsey. And I heard him say with his own lips that this is our theme song of the rapture movement. How can you say that I should shut my lips when it's sweeping our people off their feet? Have you ever really listened to that song? I'm going to read the words to it. The marketplace is empty. No more traffic in the streets. All the builders' tools are silent. No more time to harvest wheat. Busy housewives cease their labor in the courtroom, no debate. Work on earth is all suspended as the king comes through the gate, talking about Jerusalem. All the railroad cars are empty as they rattle down the track. <clears throat> in the newsroom, no one watches as machines type pointless facts. All the planes veer off their courses. Why? The pilots have been raptured. No one sits at the controls, for the king of all the ages comes to claim eternal souls. Who teaches eternal souls? That's the lie of the devil. Happy faces line the hallway. Those whose lives have been redeemed. The what? When Jesus comes, he's going to bring all the redeemed down here with him? Is that what the Bible teaches? Broken homes that he has mended, those from prison he has freed, little children and the aged, hand in hand, stand all aglow. Those who were crippled, broken, ruined, 
Now they're clad in garments white as snow. Oh, they're all in righteousness. Is that what the Bible teaches when the Lord comes? I can hear the chariots rumble. I can see the marching throngs. Can you see the parade over there? In Palestine, all the fury of God's trumpets mark the end of sin and wrong. Regal robes are now unfolding. Heaven's grandstands all in place. Heaven's choir is now assembled. Start to sing Amazing Grace. Oh, what a parade. All the music of heaven. The trumpets, the fanfare, the grandstands. Why, what's happening? Oh, the king is coming. The king is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding. Now his face I see. Oh, the king is coming. The king is coming. Praise God. He's coming for me. That's the most damning lie that was ever written. And you can sit in the church and hear our people say, Amen. Listen, if you can be fooled by a song, what are you going to do when you face the devil face to face? Now think it through. That's not what the Bible teaches. Let me read it to you from the Word of God in the Spirit of Prophecy. There were voices and thunders and lightning, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. Mountains will shake like blades of grass. The tempests will roar like hurricanes. Mountains will sink beneath the surface of the sea. The sea will boil like a pot. Islands will disappear. The earth will swell and heave like the ocean. Buildings will crumble. The kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captain and the mighty men and the, every bondman, every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? And then you say amen to a song, happy faces line the hallways. What a farce. You know, we're being today, as a church, attacked within and without. Thousands are ready to accept the evangelical teachings of Babylon today. The campus crusade philosophies are infiltrating. We're hearing sermons that there's no sanctuary in heaven, that salvation was all completed finally on the cross, that we are going to sin until we look into the face of Jesus. The Kennedy method of instant salvation no repentance. The singing witness teams singing such songs as I have just mentioned. The teachings only believe, just talk about Jesus. Don't be realistic. Don't talk about the law. I want to tell you, friend, I found the other day where Sister White says that we are in the shaking and the shaking is brought about by false doctrines. Are you going to be fooled? Are you going to be separated? 
Or are you going to hold firm to what the word of God says? Matthew 7:15 Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are like raving wolves. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 7 to 12, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let, until he be taken out of the way, and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. There's only one unfailing test that God has given to his people. And I'm quoting, Satan has come down in the last days to work all his deceivableness of unrighteousness his satanic majesty is working miracles in the sight of the false prophets, in the sight of men claiming that he is indeed Christ himself. Did you ever hear about Waco? Did you know that there was almost a dozen of Seventh-day Adventist young people from our colleges of North America that were destroyed in that fire? Believing that that man was Christ? Don't tell me that people can't be fooled. Either we as a church are not giving the people the truth today, or else we are looking out into the world and we are finding that which is damnable. <clears throat> Satan gives power to those who are aiding him in his deceptions. Therefore, those who claim to have great power of God can only be discerned by the great detector, the law of Jehovah. Oh. And don't talk about the law. Sure, Satan wants to hide it. I want to tell you, this is a time when we need to be studying the law of God as never before. The Lord tells us that if it were possible, they would deceive the very elect. The sheep's clothing seems real, so genuine that the wolf can be discerned only. What's this? Only discerned how? When we go to God's great moral standard and find that they are transgressing the law of Jehovah. Thank God for the Seventh-day Adventist Church, for those who will hold fast to God's law and preach it and live it by his grace and who are giving the last warning message to this world. The Lord tells us that if it were possible, they would deceive the very elect. The sheep's clothing seems so real, so genuine, that the wolf can be discerned only as we go to God's great moral standard and there find that they are transgressors of the law of Jehovah.
You know, I wish I could wake you up. I remember attending a service one time by that great preacher that we had in the Voice of Prophecy. And someone went to sleep right in the front row. But to make worse, when he was preaching, he began to snore. And you know what I saw him do? I saw that man, H.S.M. Richards, preaching about the coming of Christ and how the church was asleep. And he went way down and he got right near where this fellow was snoring. And he said, what we need to do in this world is wake up. And I want to tell you, he woke up. Somehow today, I have preached this message to show you that how easy it is to be fooled even by a song. Oh, go home and in the coming weeks and months, read your Bible as you have never read it before. Take those books down from off the cabinet wall. The spirit of prophecy and read it. You don't need to go to all the books of the world today. God has given us a truth that if we will hold fast to it, to this wonderful message, someday we will look up and see him come and we will be ready. God help us. Loving Father, in these closing hours of this world's history, help us to keep our eyes on Jesus. As we heard in this beautiful song that was sung before I spoke, don't let us be a ship without a sail. Oh, may the master of the universe be on board our hearts and our ships. Guide us, Lord, into that harbor. Keep us faithful. For we ask it in Jesus' name.